everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key Podcast. I'm Yos Mac, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Garrett, Boobity Boop, and James. Hello, hello. And today we are introducing our brand new segment of the show called Off the Key Essentials, where one or all of us pick an album and we discuss it in a more uh, retrospective format, you know, like talk about the recording of the album, the time period surrounding the album. A little, It's a little more than a review generally more of a retrospective, but we will get into the music. So to kick off the first episode of Off the Key Essentials, we will be talking about Discovery by Daft Punk. Now, I picked this album, and I genuinely believe that it is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and one of the greatest albums in the dance genre. Now, before we get into that, I did want to start with a state of affairs, an update on where we've been for the past month. So at first, we were actually going to take a two-week break from the show. You know, we were all a little worn out, but also we had some life obligations that we had to take care of. I don't want to get into specifics, but unfortunately, that turned into myself getting COVID and being out for two weeks. It was not fun. My throat is actually still fucked up from it, so please bear with me. But um, we didn't disappear. We didn't quit. I promise. We just took a longer break than expected, so... Let's get back into it and finish out the year. So I do want to go over kind of what is the schedule for December. We made a post about it on our Instagram and Facebook pages as well as YouTube. For the first three weeks, we will be doing our Off the Key Essential segment. So the first week is going to be my picks. The second week will be Garrett's picks. And the third week will be James's picks. And then we're going to kick off the year with our best albums of the year and worst albums of the year. That's our top 10 list. Now, I plan to do a top 50 for my best, but I won't be doing that in the episode. It'll actually just be kind of a small uh, retrospective post on the off the key social media. So be on the lookout for that. But um, we will include pictured lists of all the albums we talk about after the release. So let's get into discovery. If you've been living in Iraq for the past 20 years, you might not have heard of Daft Punk. Like me. Don't don't tell on yourself, man. <laughs> it's okay. We've no man. It's we've made him see the line. I mean, I had heard of them. I just never listened to their music until yeah, like never really like sit down and yeah. listen to their stuff until now. Yeah, until prepping for this. Yeah, um, but it was totally worth it. I bet. Oh yeah. For those who are wondering, um, or maybe just don't know enough about Daft Punk, Daft Punk is a French electronic music duo from Paris, formed in 1993 by Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel de Homen Cristo. Sorry if I butchered that name. The duo is almost universally regarded as one of the most influential acts in the history of dance music. They rose in popularity during the 1990s, during the French house movement, with their 1997 debut record, Homework. Which, by the way, is also a fucking classic. Yes. I will they, sing the praises of that album to high heaven. In my opinion, they went out on top. And they have not produced a single album, including or not including their soundtrack, Derezzed. All bangers. No misses in their entire, in their discogs. I mean, I could make the case for a couple of their albums not being amazing, but they, I do not think they released a bad album. Yeah, no. In they have not released a single bad album, which is, which is hard to do. That is very rare. The album's worldwide success and critical acclaim brought major mainstream attention to the French house music scene and is universally considered a classic record in the French house genre. Now, Homework significantly influenced the dance music that followed it, 
which quickly made Daft Punk a household name in the dance music scene. Now, I didn't grow up during the time that Daft Punk was coming around. I, I was like literally born the year that Homework came out. But I remember hearing about Daft Punk constantly growing up. I mean, hearing their songs. Like, I remember I heard Daft Punk and Around the World when I was like five or six years old. I remember the buzz around Discovery. And that, I mean, that album was huge at the time. You know, One More Time, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, Digital Love. So many big hits came from Discovery in the 2000s. By 2001, Daft Punk had released the album that we're discussing today, Discovery. So the album was recorded at Thomas Bangalter's home from 1998 to 2000, right after the release of Homework. I believe they had went on a tour and started work on the album. So when describing the process of making Discovery, Bangalter described the album as an exploration of song structures and musical forms, whereas Homework was a raw electronic music album. I think that tracks. Yeah, homework is more of like a classic house techno dance release, whereas I feel like on Discovery, they really tried to explore the limits of electronic music and think outside the box. Yeah. Now, furthermore, he described the record as a reflection of the duo's childhood memories when they listened to music with a more playful and innocent viewpoint. And I think that speaks very strongly to the overall theme and tone of the album. It's got a overall sense of childlike whimsy that I think permeates it. Which is kind of funny because this album is their love of cartoons and anime inspired them to work with the Japanese animator to make the Interstellar 555. And if you watch that in conjunction with their music, because their whole out there's no dialogue that the album plays over the entire movie. The movie is heavy and kind of sad. And for a lot of that movie. So it's there's a little juxtaposition there between like the overall themes of the music and like the visual piece that they made to accompany it. Now it's interesting that you mentioned the anime that they worked with. So it was actually the Japanese mangaka Leiji Matsumoto. Um and he's actually known for several popular works in like the early seventies and eighties, I believe. It was Space Battleship Yamato and Galaxy Express nine nine nine. Classic. Space Battleship Yamato is a classic. Yeah, so they incorporated and they worked with somebody who I think really did the album justice with the visual piece. Because I think you can enjoy Discovery without listening to or watching Interstellar 555, oh, yeah. like easy. Because, I mean, Interstellar 555 is a companion piece, too. Yeah. It's like a little extra, little cherry on top. Yeah, it's kind of like the Wall movie. Yeah. Although I'd argue the Wall movie actually gives the Wall way more context. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The duo sought to make tracks that were more concise than their previous work, and I think that was to a great benefit for Discovery. I love homework, but I think one of the biggest problems that that album has is honestly sometimes the loops, the dance beats that they create go on for too long. It's funny you say that because that is the biggest problem on probably what's considered to be their worst album, Human After All. It's still an overall good album, but it's it's not as considered into stratospheric nine ten levels as their like other works. Classics, and that's because I think that its biggest thing is that it is two minutes way too long, and that is not Discovery's problem. They hit that nail, and that's kind of a big problem in some house is that the songs go on for way too long with the same loops. But no, they did not. They hit that nail right on the head. They went out to make it short, sweet, to the point. And they did that, and hats off to them because they succeeded. 
Yeah, Daft Punk, in my opinion, is one of the highest standards you can possibly reach in electronic music. Definitely. I just want to also point out the importance of the time period that this album came out in. I believe it fits it very, very well. March 12th, 2001 was when it came out. Yeah. At the time, it was a new millennium that had just come upon us. There was a lot of hope and also a lot of anxiety. And I think the music itself and the accompanying film kind of reflected that. There's also all the technologies that they used on the album. A lot of it was pretty new. Like, Autotune had just come out about five, yeah, five years yeah, before. Yeah, like mid-90s. Yeah, it was 96. And not to mention all the other things that they did. It was really, really cutting edge. And it was one of the best, most well-known albums to really lean into using computers and like the PC and Mac and stuff are used on different tracks on this album. Yeah, not to mention all the audio workstations that they used on this album. They used like an Akai Mini. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of some of the other equipment, but like legendary workstations. Yeah. And married that with sampling of live instrumentation. And that some of the cleanest vocal processing of vocoder tracks, I mean, it's just so, it's like robotic. You still get that feel but it's so clean and it's not staticky at all and it's just sound it's, it was it was it was ahead of its time at the time it truly was it was, so crisp. I, it was so crisp i mean i think you great up bring up a great point there james it was truly a cutting edge piece of music and also piggybacking off of that people thought that you know with the turn of the century that we'd i mean the new millennium we'd see an explosion of like technology and like oh future and everyone thought so it kind of took that idea to the extreme. And also, I believe, after this album is when they started doing the, the robot costumes and they made that a staple, a staple of their identity yeah. going forward. Yeah, you know, they had actually donned the robot costumes before Discovery came out, but mm-hmm. that was meant to be a part of the aesthetic of, yeah. of Discovery. But yeah, it's kind of funny how they, uh, they canonize it. They, they cited it was an accident in their studio <laughs> yeah, yeah. that turned them into robots. <laughs> I saw that and I just laughed. And it's clever it's, because yeah. it works as a way for them to um, not really hide themselves, but in a way like help their public image. It's kind of like the MF Doom approach of when I slip the mask on, nobody cares who I am or what I look like. Right. And I can just make the music. Yeah. And they also, speaking of cutting edge, they also created a website their own website for their fans and it's, it's kind of like a club i can it, it was literally called daft club daft club yeah like i was saying before cutting edge man i mean 2001 the internet is barely just getting into kind of childhood early childhood you know it's like a toddler at this point and almost nobody is using it and those who are are on dial up and having to wait like 20 minutes to connect yeah and it, what's what blows my mind about Daft Punk to this day is that they were such trailblazers with homework. I mean, they literally shaped the trajectory of dance music and of electronic music twice it's in less than five years. There, there are not many musical acts that can say that. And their influence is seen across all music, not just, you know, electronic and dance music, although it's very strong there, but you you have people like He Who Shall Not Be Named, 
sampling their music, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Twitter Nazi. Um, but also guys like Drake. I mean, even as far as the newest Drake album, you know, her loss, they actually sample one more time on that album. The amount of people that they've inspired and the amount of influence that they've had on modern music, it's, it's mind-blowing, really. I mean, even with Random Access members. That and they are supremely accessible while also being at the top of their game. This isn't like some super intense composer or avant-garde band that's really doing these really over-the-top clever things, but it's like hard to understand. Discovery is basically the electronic album that you hand to a rock and roll fan. It is, it is the gateway drug for rock fans because the album is so groovy, it is insane. I was going to bring up that exact point, Garrett. This album is very, very, very accessible for... It was, it was like they made it for like electronic fans to expose them to rock and R&B and soul and different things because there's a lot of tracks on this album that's very much a soul song. Like, Something About You... That is an R&B that's, song. Yeah, that's R&B. I mean, you listen to that bass line, you yeah. listen to that melody, you tell me that's not an R&B song. Yeah, it reminds me of like a, Man- a Manhattan song or a Commodore song from the early 80s. I like, mean, Too Long, that's like real R&B. And then you have like, Mike Butcher, is it Veritas Quo? Veritas Quo, yeah. Veritas Quo. Has this real like classical German Baroque instrumentation. You have Night Vision, very ambient. You have Aerodynamic, which is a rock song masquerading as an electronic dance yeah. song. And then you have, like, <laughs> typical house songs from, like, the homework era sprinkled in. And then you have Short Circuit, which I don't know why I have this, like, weird tidbit in the back of my head, but it feels like I could really see Prince singing over that Short Circuit beat. I don't know why. It just sounds like it could be part of a Prince song. I don't know that just type of synth used. It really just sounds like real Minnesota soul to me. Oh, yeah, easily. and. That synth that was used for that song, I believe it was actually invented in 1978. They were using not just new equipment, but all kinds of older equipment. They blended everything. Like the Wurlitzer and all that. And half of it is like they're sampling and the computer, and the other half of it is live instrumentation. Yep. Yeah, and a it's lot of it is done by the duo. Yeah, they are skilled musicians. They can play the drums, the bass, the guitar. They are not just tech wizards they are also they're live musicians as well yeah yeah a lot of these songs i could easily hear a live band covering in a bar or a or a show or something especially something about you or even voyager that song has such a funky bass line i could easily hear uh and it's basically a disco song yeah funky bass thank you yeah but like i've heard a lot of people call um daft punk's discovery a post-disco album and I, I think there is some truth to that. And yeah, I can see that. What's interesting to me about the concept of this album and the way it sounds is Daft Punk has gone on record to say that the record dealt with the pair's experiences growing up from 1975 to 1985, and they incorporate a lot of elements of music from that era. What I think is so fascinating about Discovery is they take those elements. It's not really like an homage, but they utilize those elements from all these different genres and make it sound like it's from the future. 
my favorite sample is the sample, the guitar sample from Aerodynamic, which is a sample of Sister Sledge. Uh, it's Il Maquillage Lady, and that is a great song. I mean, what a what a banger of a sample. Speaking of the samples, how many samples at the so? Of, so I've read officially that there's not as many samples as, as officially rumor. there's five. One of them was a Barry Manilow song. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. Um, it was on uh, Superheroes. It's actually yeah. my least favorite sample on the on the record. That song's amazing, though. It is it amazing. Is. I like it, and I have said this off the air, but I don't dislike a single one of these songs. I like and have replayed every single one of these songs at some point. My only nitpicks for the album are that I don't like some of the samples, and that's just one of them. And well, I don't even really say some of the samples. It's really just that one and the sample on High Life, and that is it. That is my only criticism of this album. Honestly. It really ends there. The bus stops here. Now, I think we should start to get into the album more, and I want to start with the opener one more time. What a song. I think it was one of the defining songs of the 2000s. It sets the standard for dance music. This is the quintessential dance song, and I knew it immediately as soon as it started. And I just love how the intro starts out in this kind of down mono sound that you can barely hear, and then it just slowly builds and builds. And then when the bass comes in, it's this sudden shock of a stereo bass just hitting you, and it's all around you and then the vocals come in, it's just so much energy and tension built up and this huge explosion, and it just makes you want to jump up and start dancing. Dance forever, really. Yeah. Dance into the cosmos. I think One More Time highlights part of what makes Daft Punk so not only brilliant, but so catchy. One thing I've always noted about Daft Punk is how ridiculously good they are at making catchy loops. And adding those on and, every few measures, and then adding another one, and adding another one, and it, the former never gets boring because it's like you're making a soup or a gumbo, and every time like one ingredient cooks, you're adding another one, in. and then finally you start all together, and the song is over, and you just have a great soup. And I love that progression that certain electronic artists do. I, yeah, yeah, it's great. the the style is called progressive house, and it's definitely a style that Daft Punk really stuck with throughout their entire discography. One thing that they're so great at is, like you said, adding more layers to the loops that they're making and keeping it dynamic and fresh and exciting. When you really think about it, a lot of their music is kind of simple. Like, it's, it's simple, but it's, it's layered. And that's what makes their songs work so well. That is the importance of dynamics and movement in music. I preach it all the time, and these guys are experts at it. Yeah, there's some tracks, like some things where the vocals are really compressed, but you kind of have to expect that from an electronic album, even a pop album. Pop has been using compressed vocals since like the 90s. Yeah. There's only a few tracks that don't actually have several very different parts where it's not just the same beat or variation like over and over. Better, Harder, Faster has a bunch of different moving parts. Like Aerodynamic has the firm guitar section that's adding on all these things. And then you just have the guitar solo. And then it adds all that back. And then it has the slow little synth part at the end. I mean, very, very crisp. Aerodynamic is my favorite song on the album. 
and wow. I abused that song. Something about us is a close second. Yeah, I, I love something about us. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites. I just love how melancholic it is while still being a really funky and kind of hopeful song. It's very sensual, but very sad at the same time. Yeah. This could either be like a lovemaking song or a crying song. And it's like, really weird how it does both of those at the same time. It's, it sounds almost like the writer is they're longing for somebody that they don't have yeah. or yeah. can't get. Yeah, but he feels like he's got to do something about it. It's almost like, man, I got to know if this is real or not. Otherwise, I can't move on. The bass line, just really that whole rhythm, heavily reminded me of Shining Star by the Manhattans. Yeah. It's almost exactly the same. There's a few little differences that they do. Like The bass rhythm is really cool because it kind of, like you were saying, it changes almost with every measure. I have heard the type of, like, vocoded vocals before like the very robotic vocals and i have heard when it when it doesn't work where it just sounds fake it doesn't sound Annoying. good it sounds way too overprocessed. it's not clear but for some reason when daft punk does that it gives me especially when they do a lot, a lot of their more melancholy songs it definitely makes the songs more sad i didn't think it would do that, especially on like some of the songs on like their later albums, like Random Access Memories. All the songs where they they sing on and then they put the voice effect is very sad, and yeah. that's what I got from from this song. But then you have when they do it on like the vocals on like Digital Love, which which are very positive. The song is very bright, and then the guitar work on that song is also excellent. Yeah, Digital Love is actually my favorite song on the record. I cannot get that hook out of my head. I love every single aspect of this song. I love how it builds. It almost feels like you're traveling through space with the love of your life. The guitar like, solos on this album are, are underrated. Yeah, the one on Aerodynamic is absurd. It sounds almost like a Malmsteen solo. Perhaps my favorite kind of... I call it a solo because it definitely sounds like one, but the ending of... The ending of Better, Harder, Faster is just electronic music like Apex. It is so wild. And watching them do it live where they have the sampling on different like keyboards and they're literally just like playing different versions of that solo like live. Yeah. It's crazy. One thing I just I appreciate about Daft Punk so much is how so much goes into their music. They are such masterful musicians. They have a deep knowledge and understanding of music and a deep appreciation for it. They love it so much and it just emanates from everything they do. I love that they're able to take all of the complicated things that they do, the masterful musicianship that they display and make that incredibly accessible. And that's not to say that every good electronic album has to have all this live instrumentation. No. But you can, de e you can easily tell when there's passion behind the music and when there's knowledge of the music itself that goes into that. Even in projects like one of our favorites that we've talked about a lot off the air, like Richard D. James, you know, something made with almost no live instrumentation can still be just very pure if you have that passion, that knowledge behind it. And that's what Daft Punk brings at 100% all the time. That's really what matters, man. When, you, when you're trying to make good music, you've got to want to do it. You have to have passion for it. It can't be, I just got to make this to release to my, appease the record company or appease fans or appease whoever the fuck. You know, you've got to, if you want to make good music, the first thing you have to do is you have to want to do it. You have to love music so much. 
that you pour all of your effort, all of your passion, all of your love into it. And you get results like Daft Punk's discography. They clearly respect their audience. They just care about the music. They aren't super big personalities. They don the robot costumes for a reason. They just love music. They want to put out music that people will love and enjoy for the rest of their lives. Discovery, by and large, is a concept album. But it's not necessarily a, a coherent story. Yeah, it's not an overt, it, melded-together narrative. It's more about the theme and the style and the sound of the music and what it represents. The duo's childhood, the experiences that they had growing up, almost like a celebration of that. Everything that encompassed that while pushing it forward into the future. And I think that's what makes Discovery such a special album is just how much love and passion has been put into it and how truly timeless of a record it is. I listened to this record when I was like 12 years old and it blew my mind. And I went back and listened to it today at 25 and it still blows my mind and it's one of those hard missions to accomplish when you take so many different genres and mix it into your sound to make it blend completely that is very hard to do and i will always give a band props when they can even attempt to pull it off successfully but when you have so many genres that they compile into this album with the disco and the r&b and then you know they're doing a little the ambient funk, the ambient then, house music and even when they're doing the classical like keyboard on like veritas quo i'm just like man it's such a any other band would attempt this it would be such a a pumping of breaks it'd be such a well where's this coming from but it just fits so seamlessly it was attempted by some other people in like different settings it would just be like wow this is such a pace Mix up what is going on here. It's not really fitting. It would be it would be a large here. mess. Yeah, like what mess. what impresses me about Discovery being a concept album, pulling from an insane amount of technology, live instruments, samples, live samples, all this cutting edge technology is that it doesn't sound like a complete muddled mess. It all works and it all sounds coherent. Every single track on here sounds like it fits on this album. And just the amount of creativity in a lot of these tracks. I mean, take The Closer, Too Long, for example. Who the fuck would come up with a track like that? It's so cheeky. Like, the singer is literally telling you, is like, can you feel how long this track is? Look, look, <laughs> look how long and how lengthy this track is. And can you feel it with me? It is very meta. <laughs> it's such a, like, meta, like, self-aware closer. And I, I think it is such a fucking brilliant way to close the album. The vocals have just kind of this raw R&B. It's got this, like, showman kind of, like, a mm. little bit of... I can see him in the studio, like, snapping along while he's recording. It's got this, this personality that shines through that I really enjoy. Yeah, shout out to Rome Anthony for the uh, one more time and two long vocals. Man, he killed it. He added so much to it. And then Face to Face, another bop. And a dang good one at that. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. And then we get into some of the deep cuts of the album, like, you know, Voyager or Veritas Quo. I think it's a great vibe, and, you know, you can kind of just get lost in it. It's one of my favorites. Story time, but on my first listen, actually did not like Voyager, and it was one of my least favorite songs because the headphones I was using at the time were big busted, and the bass was not coming through correctly, so I essentially couldn't really hear the bass line or make it out. I was going to say, that's like the main event of the yeah. song. And then that's why listening to it like years like later, like the next year and years after that, I'm just like, where has this been? Like, did I just not listen to this track? Did I, did I straight up skip it? Like, what? But that was because I later realized that I was like, oh, my headphones are absolute jank. I just could not even hear half the song. Which also 
retrospectively made something about us better on my pre on my next listens because I could finally hear like all the stuff I was missing. Now I think we've covered just about every track here, so let's go ahead and finish off with Crescendo's. It's it's another song where they perfectly show off their ability to build tension and release. It's it's a microcosm of the whole album, really. Now, if you had gun to your head, you had to take off one song from this album, what would it be? Oh, it's difficult. That is ruthless. That is a terrible question. Fuck. Um, all right, I'm going to look at the track list. This is like asking me to kill one of my children. <laughs> I mean, you all know mine. I mean, my very super, super small nitpick and me not liking Barry Manilow makes it superheroes. If I had to pull one song, song. I, I'm probably going to get shit for this. If I had to take one song off, it would probably be High Life. I, the gi- and I love that song. The gibberish sample, I didn't like at first. It had to grow on me a little bit. It would either be High Life or Short Circuit, to be honest. I, I really I like, like Short yeah. Circuit. It just sounds like an old like 80s Minnesota like Philly soul synth little beat that they'd make to work into a song. I think we've pretty much covered it. We've done enough proverbial dick writing of discovery. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get in our closing thoughts. Now, we're not going to be rating this album, but I will say that I do believe this is a 10 out of 10. I, th- I think we're all in agreement there, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> so, yeah, here's... I think this is the only album we're probably going to agree on. I think 10s are the most subjective thing you can get because you're essentially saying that this album is a perfect effort or a very near perfect effort as they could have made yeah. in the, in the time frame and with what they're given. So I would say either it's, you think it's a 10 as well personally, or you can see it being someone else's 10. Yeah. This is a 10 for me. Discovery by Daft Punk is a must listen for not just electronic music fans, although that's especially true. I would argue that it's a must-listen for any fan of music in general. If you're someone that doesn't like to stick into one lane to one genre or two, two or three genres, and you're looking to expand out and want to try electronic music, go with this album. Speaking from personal experience, I'm someone who loves rock and soul, funk, R&B, even some disco, jazz. This album really, really hit it for me. There's not a lot of new or electronic albums I can say that about, to be honest. So, yeah, please listen to this. This is also a personal 10 for me. This is a nice middle ground for electronic music. The half sampling, half technology, with half live instrumentation. Not only that, a lot of new electronic artists, and even older ones, are attempting to do that same kind of balance. But Daft Punk did something really hard that with less moving parts is still incredibly hard to do, and that's incorporate so many different influences into one album, have your sound blanket it, and it not turn out to be a mess or disjointed or the pacing be off or having no like superfluous issues when you attempt to do that. That in and of itself automatically gives an album very high status for me at least like the a for effort portion is checked off and not to mention the hooks the dynamics of different songs because that's one thing that a lot of house music doesn't really do is having all these different sections that like completely stop in the beat and all the instrumentation completely changes to a different section whether it be like you know the soft little keyboard parts on aerodynamic or you know veritas quo 
or the different, you know, bass guitar parts on something about us. There is so much change throughout this album. It is near seamless. It's hats off to them. So I agree. I think it's a 10. Well fucking said. Discovery, it's a special album to me for a lot of reasons. It was one of the first albums that I ever heard that truly blew my mind. There's a handful of albums that I can say did that. And it's the first album that I listened to that made me want to explore music, that made me want to go through and really explore different genres of music, learn about music, learn how music is made. And it's really one of the albums that started my passion for music in general. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today, because not only do I think it is a masterpiece of electronic music, of dance music, and in general, but it is an album with a special place in my heart. I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to talk about it today. So, yes, I think this album is a 10 out of 10, but also, personal biases aside, I think Discovery's impact transcended the dance music scene and made waves in the music that would follow it for years to come and even to the present. The duo managed to create a sound that harkened back to the eras they grew up in while making the record sound as if it came from the future. And the brilliance in Daft Punk's music lies in its marriage of live instrumentation, audio workstations, and cutting-edge technology, along with the duo's intrepid ability to creatively approach dance music while blazing trails throughout the entirety of their careers. Daft Punk is one of the highest standards that I think you can meet in electronic music. They were a fucking gift to the world of music. I love this album, and I would recommend it to literally anybody. Well said, well said. This is an essential listen to it and i don't know about you guys but i'm gonna be listening to this album probably for the rest of my life like i'm rocking in space oh yeah over half the album made it on my playlist it's going to be circulating through every day i think this record is timeless absolutely worthy of even the most casual music listeners time and with that being said any final thoughts guys something's in the air that's very mellow Alrighty, well, this is Off the Key Podcast with Off the Key Essentials, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. I just wanted to give a shout out to Lecrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.